0: Welcome to the Team Pact Podcast with your hosts, Jessica McIntyre and Quentin Cools. We hope to inspire you to think critically and biblically about current issues facing our culture, challenge you to make a difference in your community, and ultimately change the world.
1: In this episode, Free and Fair Elections, Quentin Cools sits down with 2022 Team Pact program director Jake Myers from Nebraska to explore how elections protect individual liberty. Thanks for joining us. All right, I'm here with Jake Myers. Uh, Jake hails from Nebraska. Jake, how about you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your Team Pact experience?
0: Awesome. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, like Gwen said, um, Jake Myers from Omaha, Nebraska, born and raised. Um, I actually started going to Team Pact. I was about nine years old, went to the one day three times, started going to the four day as a 12 year old, um, went to the four Wait, day. Wait, that's allowed? <laughs> I thought, I thought Teen Pact was for teens, Teenage, uh, tweens, teens, tweens. I, All right. It's, it's one, one letter does, we make it work. Um, started going, I went uh, three times as a student. I staffed a couple of years. I served as a traveling intern with Teen Pact last year and I've come back full time for this semester to serve as a program director with Teen Pact. So um, it's radically changed my life in too many ways. And (laughs) I could sit here for way too long and talk about it and people would get bored. So no, no, that's awesome. And on behalf of
1: everyone who's currently involved in Teen Pact and future generations, thank you for serving this year.
0: Absolutely. I love it.
1: Yeah. Well, today's topic, we're talking about how voting Mm. relates to valuing liberty, you know, in Teen Pact's mission statement, we talk about how we want to help students value liberty, and that's something they should value for themselves. It's something they should value broadly, yeah. right? When you look at cultural events today, um, you have, uh, as we're recording this, the the Russia Ukraine war has has kind of just begun, and um, and the idea of valuing liberty is as important now for young people to understand than perhaps ever before.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So I want to get into specifically. Uh, the alumni track this year. Um, We've been talking about voting and elections and so forth. And um, as we're talking about how voting relates to valuing liberty, I'd love to start out by asking what have you discovered in your own study? There's a lot of prep work that you and the other program directors do leading into this semester. Um, There's a lot of research and trying to get, you know, some history stuff and some data and some quotes and trying to really present to the students and draw out from the student's own homework. But let's just start with what have you been learning? What are some of the perhaps historical precedents for where we're at today in America? And uh, yeah, just walk us through that.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I've um, seen a lot of alumni tracks in my days. Uh, It's one of my favorite elements of Teen Pact. And so when I heard about this year's topic, uh, I I was quite ecstatic. Um, Just in a very relevant topic um, with some things have been happening in the past couple of years and just looking at the importance of voting, how do we approach that as a Christian, um, and then how do we approach that as um a citizen, a proper citizen. Uh and so the for one of the first things we kind of walk through is right, is discussing individual liberty. Um and that's something that teen pact stresses a lot because it's a it's it's a biblical thing, right? Um freedom and liberty are very biblical where the spirit of the Lord is. Um, there's freedom and and that's something that's stressed um, throughout the entire Bible, and then has been stressed in American history. Um, so, kind of the way uh, I've been able to talk through it in alumni tracks and what I've learned in my research is looking through historical precedent, kind of from Athens to Rome's, and then jumping all the way to America's. You can see a lot of similarities in the systems of democracy of the republic. You've um, uh, Athens is kind of what where democracy became well known. Okay. Uh, voting itself has been used for years centuries be before Christ, um, tribal uh, societies utilized voting, but kind of democracy itself came through Athens. Okay, Rome adopted a lot of what Athenian democracy had. Rome was just also a lot how <laughs> full of a lot more corruption, and Rome is kind of like if you wanted to win, you killed the other person, uh, so a lot more brutal. Mm. Um, but like Roman democracy was very similar to American democracy in a sense where people would just gather and actually campaign they'd have campaign teams and, and stuff like that and so what I love looking at is when you compare and contrast the democracies American democracy to Rome and Athenian democracy you s- it's common for us to just look at the good similarities right okay yeah that's the, where
1: mine that's where my mind is drawn when I hear people talking about greco-roman culture mm-hmm, or yeah. even even like governmental structure that kind of led the way or was the foundation we we think of the good mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like you're about to
0: explore something <laughs> beyond that. I, I am, exactly. It's, it's, we look to the good because that's fair. And, you know, if you grew up in CC or anything like that, like, one of the things you do is wait, you were, were you a classical conversation student? I was not student? a classical okay. conversation student. <laughs> <laughs> Neither was I. Neither I'm, was I. But I, I'm a big fan <laughs>
1: from what I can tell. And, you know, there's lots of team factors it's that are part of done. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I was not, but I just know that they look a lot of the Greco Roman things. Okay. Um, and then, especially in comparing contrasting American stuff to that. Uh, and one of the things you, you look at is the positive things that we gained from yeah. that. That was a lot of the renaissance thinking, right? Looking back like, oh, whoa, they actually knew things and maybe we should adopt that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's led to a lot of the systems we use. But when you, when you look at it, sadly, we not only adopted the good things, we adopted a lot of the uh, sad things, specifically in um, discrimination especially just in, in voting systems. I, I, I talk a lot uh, in my alumni tracks with some of my students where it's like, if you want a really sombering piece of history to go um, research, probably I would argue one of the most sombering times of American history is the Reconstruction era. Yeah, for and sure. And just what individuals did to try to limit voting in elections. Yeah. Um, they tried to manipulate it. So many massacres just to keep certain people from voting, whether or not that was Um, people of color or women or whatever it was, like so much from the beginning where you you read in the beginning of American history, right? All men are created equal. Um, And while the federal government technically, like in the constitution, it doesn't say like only uh, these people can vote, they left it up to the states. Yeah, And that's where you see Jim Crow laws. And that's where you see things like that, where states were able to abuse that and keep people from voting that they didn't want to vote.
1: That, that's interesting that you say that. I I was reading in a devotion this morning by Paul Tripp, and he mm. was describing um, kind of the the monasteries of kind of that same probably pre Renaissance era. But right. you know how the monasteries were were built with this idea that you know basically that sin was something perhaps external to a person, right? And so that you could somehow escape it or find a higher level spirituality if you retreated into the walls of a monastery Mm. and Paul Tripp's take on that was, no, no. no. The problem is when you step into those walls, like you bring your own corrupt self in. And so even like, you know, at a federal national level saying, Hey, like we, we think all people are created equal. And like, you know, and there's even some question about which of the signers were, were actually saying that of all people. Right. But you know, that thing might be said nationally, but if it's allowed at a state level, well then at a state level, sometimes that's not actually being pursued and not being pursued by all parties or equally. Mm. And so some people are eager to do that and fighting for that. And then other people have ulterior motives and that leads to the kind of lack of free and fair elections, Mm. the lack of Liberty. So yeah, I guess there's, there's certainly back in Greco Roman culture there's a dark side to this (laughs) and then you're kind of connecting that to present day that, you know, at least in, in some of those eras with reconstruction, et cetera, we've seen some of that dark side. Um, how do you see this playing out kind of culturally today? So in, uh, political science of our day in cultural events of our day, there's still a wrestling for this. People, some people really want this. Some people would say that it's not that big of a deal or it's not as big of a deal as it was in the past, or we've somehow arrived at a better place and that's good enough. You know, what, what have you found in either your research or maybe your conversations with students? Like what's, if you could help our listeners kind of put the finger on the pulse of what's going
0: on, what, what have you been able to identify? What you look at throughout uh, all of history is the common theme Right? We, we talk about how free and fair elections are fundamental to protecting individual liberty. Uh, and those words, free and fair, are very specifically chosen. Because when you look throughout history, what's ha- what happens is when nations or even just people groups and institutions themselves try to centralize power and knowledge, that's when things go wrong. That's okay, interesting. Things, yeah, so you can, I mean, you see that uh, with uh, Athens, right? They were thriving until it started being run by just a group of like forty to ten people, and then it it all came back to them, and then it went downhill. You have you have Rome as soon as the Roman Republic uh, kind of got scooted out, and you had emperors and the Senate and people who were uh, going after their own self purposes. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's when issues started to happen. You see that with the Magna Carta. You see that with the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, right. When things became centralized, that's when breaks started to happen. Yeah. Um, just historically speaking, you see how when you centralize things, sp- specifically knowledge and power, that's where problems begin. Right. And so one of the things I encourage a lot and what I've seen in my is my research is honestly awareness is you need to ha- you need to be uh, involved and aware to the extent where you can start to look all right, when when are um, my rights and to a free and fair election, when's that starting to be limited a little bit? A little too much. Uh, When is discrimination actually happening? And you can see in American history when people actually did that, right? You see the different amendments that the reason the amendments were brought up is because people started uh, peacefully protesting. Uh, You have women's rights. Um, Sadly, I mean, one of them coming through a civil war, but you have these amendments that are created because people recognize like, oh, my right, to express myself, to um, be a part of this power, right? I talk a lot with, with students about the importance of voting because uh, otherwise rulers would just rule for their own purpose. And yeah. that's actually a, a biblical, there's, there's a verse uh, in Proverbs 11, 14 that says, for lack of, a, for lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. I love that. Right, so m- many people expressing their opinions and their thoughts because people come from different places and different backgrounds and have different um, perceptions and conclusions. And so the more people you can bring in, um, the easier it is. Well, I, well it doesn't become exactly easy, Sure, yeah. Right, but you can gain a more um, educated response. Yeah,
1: there's, there's wisdom in bringing those perspectives to yeah, the table exactly. and and not having that centralized power. I think, like, yeah, I think there's in. I mean, American government, neither of us are going to sit here and say American government is, you know, is the perfect government or even the perfect form of government, but it's been better than many governments that have come before. Right. And even today, like you see, part of this is just because our nation has grown and, you know, states Mm. and federal, like there's so much more bureaucracy, it Mm. seems, um, than in the past. And there's all these different agencies and all these different hires that are not really directly related to the voting process. And so I've I found that to be fascinating. You mentioned awareness being a big point of emphasis for you with the students. I think awareness is a big part of it because it's it's not just my own liberty right. that could be threatened. Yeah. It's also the liberty of my brother or sister, my you know the other person in my community, the person across the street or across the river if if their ability to engage in this process um, is, is hindered in that way. then that becomes a significant
0: thing worth valuing as well. Um, and actually stepping up when you see that, right. Take, taking that step. Right. Um, it, cause it's so easy. Like if something's violating me, I'm like, gosh, golly, I'm going to step up and say something. Sure. Right. But if I see a brother and sister and that's happening to them, I need to be willing to speak out for that. Yeah. Right. And that's what you, you see throughout history. And what I what I think is so cool when you talk about the the American government, right, how we, we're not going to stand here and say it's, it's perfect or it's far from it, actually. Yeah, right. Um, but what's cool about American government, and this is one of the differences between us and, like, Rome and Athens, is rather than having a, a person or group of people as our highest authority in America, we have a document, right? Hmm. We have the Constitution. Everything comes back to that. That's our highest authority. And the beauty of that, one, we'll it... It's like not biased per se. Like there can be bias in how it's written, maybe. Sure. Itself, it's just words on a document, right? Right. But beyond that, is it can be adjusted and changed. Yeah. And I think the founding fathers like knew that. They were like, well, they has they changed. knew
1: that. They knew that, and because they allowed for that, right. and, yeah. and those amendments started to come in, like you said, whether it was. Uh, women getting the right to vote or Mm. black people having the full right to vote or other indigenous people. Um, Even when the age change took effect to where 18 18. year olds could vote. I mean, there have been multiple iterations of that to almost discover, it seems like, uh, what is the best way for eligible citizens to vote and be a part of this thing. And a whole nother conversation, we can't (laughs) go there, but is the number of people that actually participate? Oh, it's, it's kind of sad. It's a travesty. Like you look at the number of people that are eligible to but do not right. actually participate in this process. And I think that's why I so appreciate and just want to affirm like you're having mm-hmm. these conversations with students about awareness. I've realized that, you know, you know, there's there's a good question to be asked of teen pactors even after they've graduated on from the program. Are you actually like living this out? Yeah. Are you actually like aware of what's going on in right. your community? your culture, your country, are you participating in that process? And if exactly. you're not, like, man, that's such a good way for you to value your liberty and the liberty of other right. people,
0: and that's something worth fighting for. Like, you know, get your butt out of the seat and do it. You exactly, know? exactly. I mean, one of the first things I, I read to my students when I'm leading an alumni track on a state class with Teen Pact is I read in 2016, according to Pew Research, only 56% of eligible citizens voters actually voted, cast a ballot in the presidential election. Wow. That's hardly over half. Like that number gives me goosebumps. It's it's crazy. And that's, that's really the purpose of this alumni track this year is it's not, I mean, I am a nerd and love going back and reading the history of Rome, Greco-Roman culture and how does that apply. Like, that's great. That's good to know. But really what we want people to recognize is how important this is. How important, not it is, not just to cast a vote, like casting a vote that if you're just doing that, like technically, right. You're, uh, you're doing it. Um, I would argue it's important to actually put the thought in, yeah to be considering, I know you're going to be discussing this later with some of the other program directors, but like, who am I voting for? Why am I voting for them? I, I, one of the things I I talk about is you can make the right choice accidentally. I would argue your motive behind that matters, Mm. And like why you're voting for them actually matters, and so when you're approaching this this discussion of elections like it, we we need to be able to recognize what makes a free and fair election. yeah, um, we need to be able to call out discrimination, and what that takes is being aware, is yeah, being maybe not maybe involved isn't the perfect word for it, but like knowing what's going on at least
1: yeah um, and I think it's important. For, you know, like you said, you're sitting here as like a poli sci nerd. You're like, oh, (laughs) great, Roman history. That's amazing. (laughs) Right. I think at one point you said uh, something about what's cool about American government. And I'm sitting over here (laughs) being like, wow, how many people actually say that in where my nerds at? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But, you know, when I think about, you know, teen pack students or listeners of the teen pack podcast, (laughs) there's some people who are eager to lean into that right they're gonna be you know in the news maybe even daily maybe there's multiple avenues that they're getting news and they're maybe participating in whatever a rally or participating through a blog or you know whatever it is they have some sort of way of receiving and participating right but then there's other people where it's like, that's just not that interesting to me. Right. I I would much like, maybe I'd be much more into pop culture or I'd be much more yeah. into, you know, just my local friend group or whatever. And, you know, what's happening, you know, in my state or nationally or internationally, I don't really care. Mm. What would that look like? Just thinking out loud here, Like, what would that look like for somebody who's not the poly sci nerd to engage with this? Is it like, I don't know, getting, getting a news update like once a week in an email? Mm. Is it having a friend, you know, that you're kind of tethered to (laughs) who is the political science nerd? Like, what do you think that could look like? Cause I feel like sometimes it's almost set up like you either have to do this, like wholeheartedly spending an hour a day plugged in Mm. or whatever. Um, Otherwise you're somehow failing and you're not participating and you're not doing what you're supposed to do and you're a bad teen pactor or something like that. <laughs> no. Like, but what what should that look like? What, right. what are some things, you know, show us, you know, think out loud with me. Like what would what would that space look like for right. somebody who's trying to do that?
0: Uh it's it is tough in our day and age, admittedly. Because there are so many sources out there. And I remember back my my growing up in a family that always stressed involvement and awareness, like um, we always read the newspaper, right. Or we always, um, walk over to my grandpa's house across the street and he had news on and stuff like that. Like, that's just what we did. I, I mean, i I will fully admit, I don't personally watch news networks anymore right. just because there's a lot of uh, either side, no matter where you look, a lot of bias or just misinformation, things like that. And it, it's, I'd rather just not walk the line. Um, okay. I want to be careful. Uh, I'd rather just get the the facts. And so I admittedly, uh, one of the things I do is I receive an email every morning from a news source that um, was suggested to me by teen factors in my family. And I just read through it every morning. It's simple, it's sweet. It will give me some of the headlines with brief explanations. Um, It even has like a stock market description, stuff like that. Very basic things for me to understand. I also think the, something our culture has done wrong is nowadays is right it's the classic adage what do you not talk about at thanksgiving or christmas with your family yep. family's around right politics i i can fully admit that like that yeah. you start walking <laughs> that line you're like oh no all right back off grandma um, yeah, or something yeah, like that right, right. right? you just want to be careful um i i do think it's a little sad that we're not willing to broach those topics uh because we need to discuss them and that's something i'm very mm. grateful my family was like our dinner conversations were breaking down the supreme court uh, ruling and their opinions and stuff like that like yeah being open to discussing those things is important. It's not like you need to be a full on nerd or even have an understanding of it. You just need to be open. Yeah. Um. You need to be willing to be discuss to discuss, all right, what's going on. And then and more importantly, how does that apply to me as, as a Christian? Absolutely. Right. Like how do I respond to this? Is there a response I should have? I mean, admittedly the response usually good or bad is always prayer. Yes. Um, but th- th- that requires just level of awareness. And I think we just stray away from any level of conversation because it's scary. We don't want to be wrong and we don't want to not know. Yeah. Um, because it's, you know, uh, embarrassing or scary to not know. But I'd rather just have a conversation with someone and not know and learn. Yeah, you
1: know? exactly. So if you're listening and you're not the political science nerd, right. uh, I yeah. think the encouragement is... It's not, you know, plug in an hour a day where you're just like getting fed the (laughs) news cycle or something like that. It is have some awareness of what's going on um, in kind of your state and in your country and perhaps Mm, in the world. But um, it's also like being willing to engage in conversation like and that just feels so accessible. So I'm I'm grateful that you went there instead of, you know, hey, you should be, you know, blogging and podcasting about, (laughs) you know, all these topics or something. It's like, no, podcast. yeah, exactly. (laughs) But. It's saying like, hey, be willing to have these sorts of conversations so that even as especially as a believer um, that you're continuing to be shaped, you know, to where, you know, your your heart posture toward the Lord is one of humility and submission and prayerfulness. And, you know, and those things can be shaped by current events, whether it strikes fear or anger or these other emotions that will. You know, certainly come up when different things happen in the news. Um, those things are actually, like you said, that drives us to prayer. It drives us to dependence on the Lord, right. and that's actually a good thing. So it's not something Amen. to be avoided; it's something to be pursued. And so there's a there's a courage for those of you guys who maybe would struggle with that. Um, just Jake wants to encourage you. <laughs> I want to encourage you. Um, it's worth engaging at that level. Right. Well, Jake, as we kind of come to an end here, yeah. are there any? Kind of concluding um, ideas that you kind of have discovered while you know studying, or perhaps um, on the road, you've had a couple classes where you've been able yeah. to lead this track. Um, any kind of concluding thoughts or
0: principles? I think, especially just based off of the conversation we've had, Quinn, um, our our reaction to the things we see is really important. And I don't want it to be like I'm sitting here saying, you know, if something goes wrong, immediately. Uh, run out there, guns ablazing, Right. I, I, I would argue very, very differently. I serve a savior that describes himself as gentle and lowly in spirit mm-hmm. as someone who sure he flipped tables, but he flipped tables once. Yeah. Right. Um, who he is is someone that is lowly, a servant got on his hands and knees and washed his disciples feet. Mm-hmm. Right. I need to be aware of what makes a free and fair election. What makes someone an eligible voter what like what's going on in the world? I need to be open to having those conversations But as I do so I need to remember That before I am a party identification before I am a uh, American before i'm whatever it is. I'm a christ follower, right? That's what it all comes back to and so when when something when I recognize Discrimination or when I recognize that their free and fair elections are being limited uh, Knowledge and power is being centralized, you know uh, My liberty is being taken away I think in today's culture, we have a very harsh and brash reaction when biblically, if you just look through Psalms or Proverbs real quick, you'll see a lot about how the the man that like, like jumps out and acts immediately. Like that's, that's the fool, Mm. right? Yeah. I need to be the one that, that takes a step back. Sure. Not just be like, oh, well, you know what? My party says this. Or you know, I heard a friend say this once, so therefore it's right. Yeah. Um. Or the program director said this at Team Pack. Ergo, it's you know absolute truth. Yeah. Um. I need to actually take a step back and, and and kind of have a gut check and a heart check and ask myself what what would Christ do? Right. It's the what would Jesus do? Right. We have yeah. the bracelets. Yeah. That that's what matters. Um. I want people and you know an encouragement to all the listeners. Like be aware. Uh, Talk to your friends and family about these things. Listen uh, to podcasts. I don't read articles, whatever works best for you. Yep. The only way we're going to be able to gauge free, what makes a free and fair election so we can protect our liberty um, as a human is to be aware. um, And then above all, else, remember that before you're an American, before you're Republican, Democrat, independent, whatever it is, you're a Christ follower. That's, that's the bottom line. Um, that I, I would encourage people and I have encouraged people in my life. Yeah. tracks
1: that's the bottom line I love yeah, it Come on! thanks so much for having you on we really appreciate it thanks
0: Jake absolutely I'm glad I could be here thanks Gwen. thank you for joining us for this special edition of the Team Packed Podcast have any questions about today's episode send us an email at communications at teampacked.com or you can visit our website for more information about our programs and state classes